This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, let's do a podcast. Al Duke's here. Uh, Jerry Recco is not here for the podcast. He was here for the warm-up. So for the podcast today... Eddie Scazzeri joins me. Hello, podcast people. So Jerry decided uh, he and Gio were going to go to the Met game today. It's a noon game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark Chernoff uh, wanted them to go to meet uh, Mickey Calloway and Brody Van Wagenen before the game. They had invited them. Okay. And I wonder, because, you know, Gio does impressions of both of those guys. Yes. While they're not uh, mean-spirited impressions, they're fun impressions, I often wonder, like, what will those guys, how awkward is it to meet a guy you do impressions of? Uh, I would think it depends upon the person that you are encountering. I would think a lot of times they pretend that they don't know you do the impression. Yes, but Callaway, he had met before. Right. And I don't know if Callaway knew or was told and then requested that G do it like in front of him, which yeah. is even more awkward. That's super awkward. When I was a kid, I used to do an impression of uh, Father Moran at St. Cecilia Church in okay. um, in uh, Islin, New Jersey. It's where mm-hmm. we went when I was a kid. And when my sister got married in uh, 1992, I believe it was, uh, at the wedding ceremony, which he was there, he pulled me aside to a separate room and said, I hear you do an impression of me. And he was not... Like a humorous guy, uh huh, and it was very awkward. It wasn't in front of anybody else. He he came up to me in front of people, said, "I heard you do an impression of me." He said, "I'd like to hear it. Please come out into the hallway." Wow! And I said, "Well, I don't." And he goes, "I want to hear it." And I had to sit down face to face with a the head priest and do an impression of him. It's like you're in confession. Yes, it was very odd, and then we got up and went right back into the ceremony. And a, a priest calling you into a private room is yeah. suspect anyway. Not the greatest, but that was uh very awkward. Mhm. It was my only impression at the time. And uh was it a good impression? I thought it was, you know, it's uh, it was a it would just be like uh I'm asking you. That's really all I remember doing, the okay. I'm asking you. Back then, like, the church, like, tithing was, like, a thing. Really? Yeah. 
I'm asking you to tithe. Tithing is like you give 10% of your pre-tax pre-tax money to the church. Correct. You know, I love Dave Ramsey, this financial guy on mm-hmm. the radio. He's got podcasts. He's great financial advice. Like no tricks, no gimmicks, no buy this, sell this. It's legitimately tells you what's foolish moves to make, what are nice, good, smart moves to make, getting out of debt and that sort of thing. But he's a religious man and very big on the tithing. Really? Yeah. See, that that doesn't compute to me. It doesn't compute with me as well, but he's uh, he's in down, uh, based out of Nashville, down south, and mm-hmm. he's a very religious guy. There. Uh, uh, the people really believe in 10% of your money goes yeah. to the church, you no know, matter how rich or poor you are. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, uh, well, being remember, an atheist. You yeah, know. you don't do any tithing no. as an atheist. I remember that they did do it at my church. It was a small window of it where I think uh, the the church had burned down and they were trying to build another church. So maybe then they had asked people well, to then do that, it. Well, that I could see. For a specific amount sure. of time and for a specific thing. Right. Cause, but when I was, because uh, I went to Catholic school, and every week when we went to church, my dad had the envelope that yeah. was a sort of a suggested uh, donation yes. of X amount. And that was another one reason why the tuition was so cheap at the time, because they were also getting this money from just the passing the basket, if you Parishioners. Will. Yes. But I heard they would also check to see which families were contributing. Oh, yes. Those envelopes had your name and address were numbered, on yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if you missed one, Yeah. And all of a sudden, your tuition goes up. Right. In the name of God. Right. So you had a Catholic school upbringing. I had 12 years. 12 years. Of Catholic school. And it would have been 13 if Catholic kindergarten was a thing when I was of that age, which it was not. And how long when you were out of school did you become not? Were you religious when you were in school, would you say? Uh, it. Uh, my doubts about faith started yeah. in the first grade. Really? When we were... How old are you in first grade? Six? Six, I guess. Okay. And we were learning the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. and number three is uh, keep holy the Lord's day. And if you break a uh, one of the commandments, it's a mortal sin as opposed to a venial sin, okay, more serious. And uh, if you die with a mortal sin on your soul, uh, you go to hell. Okay. And my mother, who was Methodist, not Catholic, uh, did not go to church with us. So I came home very upset and told my father. I didn't want to go to church anymore because I wanted to go to hell with mommy. Wow. So that was, and he's like, well, it's a different, <laughs> and I'm like, so immediately then it started. Really? And then in third grade, I got into an argument with the priest in class, in our religion class, uh, about the whole free will paradox. I didn't state my arguments uh, as intelligently as I could later on, but the whole if you have an all-knowing, all-powerful creator, how can free will exist? Doesn't make sense. Still doesn't make sense to me. Nobody's been able to answer that to my satisfaction. So really in the third grade is when I broke. So were you then from the third grade till the 12th grade, uh, someone that was uh, would like to argue points in class, uh, uh, playing, as they say, devil's advocate to the religious? Well, well they wouldn't. they would not allow it. After that day, like it was like 
I was shunned in terms of being called upon. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. From yeah, third yeah. grade on? Yeah. And yeah. And then in high school, I just, you know, didn't really care, was doing right. uh, high school kind of things. And Right. Yeah. But yeah, my uh, break with the faith started at a very young age because it just didn't make sense to me. And then did your mother try to convince you otherwise since she maybe felt like uh, that she was the reason that you decided to go the other way? Well, but and all their reasonings were just made it worse because they were like, well, mom's got a different religion. I was like, well. Well then, why don't we? Why can't I be the different religion? Right. And then it's like, again, this was—I didn't think this as a first grader, but it's all a la carte for people. You know, they believe this, but not this. They want right. to do this, but not this. So, what does it all mean? To me, it means nothing. Right. We've always said about Dove Kramer, who works yes. here. That is a man who follows his religion, as far as we know, to a T. He is all in. He is all in. Right. Whatever the rules are, he's following every one of them. He is in, and so, yeah, I respect that. Right. But most other people, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, what about that? Well, no, not that part. Right. What? Yeah, just doesn't jive. Yeah, I've always felt like with certain things, religion being one of them, you have to be an all or or nothing follower, I I feel like. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Otherwise, what is it? It's for gays. Right. So... Wow, so I didn't know it started so early. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when they're they're telling you by their laws that your mother is going to be eternally damned. Right. That's eh, a bit of a problem. <laughs> it's a tough uh, yeah, tough thing. So then you go home, and you said your father said, well. Yeah, well, she's mom's, mommy's different. Like, oh, what? You know, and again, I'm not, I'm a six-year-old, so. So how did you wind up going to a Catholic school if your parents were two different religions? Well, because when, see, my father sort of broke the mold. He was raised Catholic, and when he was in the service, mandatory service back then, after he got out of college, he was stationed in uh, Dugway, Utah, ultimately, uh, out in the desert. And for R&R, they used to go into Salt Lake, because the only place to go. And he met my mom at a bowling alley, a blind date at a bowling alley. Oh, she lived out in Utah, yeah, my, born yes. and raised. Born and raised in Salt Lake City and was raised Methodist. And so my father, he came home and told his mom, you know, who was born in Sicily and came over in like 1903 or something, uh, says, you know, Mama, I, I met a girl. She's not Italian. She's not Catholic. I'm marrying her. Wow. And then waited to get a pot thrown at him. Sure. Duck. Um, so he kind of broke the mold a little bit, but um, yeah. But they still felt like the grand, the, the children should be raised Oh, yeah. That was, an, that was never going to be a, uh, an issue. And uh, your sisters, are they religious or not religious? I have three sisters, so four siblings uh, from religious parents. Right. Who obviously procreated. Three of the four of us, childless atheists. Three of the four. Correct, which is a weird percentage. Wow. So I don't know if there's something going on with our brain chemistry or how we're wired or whatever, but it's a high percentage from a religious procreating family. Right. So. And then the, the sister that procreated, is she religious? Yes, the goes, same one. So the goes to church. So the the atheists did not procreate. Correct. And the and then in what order, which 
order of sibling is the religious procreating sibling? Second. Second. So it doesn't even go first or last. No, it was uh, my eldest sister born in 1960, then the second, 62, who's the one with the child and goes to church, then me in 67, and then sort of an oops baby in 1980. (laughs) Yeah. The oops baby. Yes. All right. Well, there you go. I never fully knew the... I knew something had happened Mm -hmm. in school where you were not sure about the religious thing. Right. And I feel like at some point I knew it was something to do with your mom. Yeah. But she was of a different religion and it didn't uh, flow with with what they were teaching you at the time. And very young. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing you had those thoughts, though, at first grade or in third grade. Well. Breaking down the free will at third grade. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That did not go well for, for me in that particular day. So I was basically ultimately screamed at and told to shut up. Yeah, I always had a tough time with the um, with the people being murdered, especially mm-hmm. in particular in a in a church, mm-hmm. like murder in God's house. Yeah, sure. Or like the the scandals with the sex abuse and the mm-hmm. priests, like that. I can't get over that part of it. Mm-hmm. of it being allowed and i feel like when people say free will that's an excuse to um for the unexplainable so like right or things that don't don't seem coherent like you know why would these bad things not only bad things happen to good people but bad things happen to people in god's church and then they just well free will I'm like well that's right or mysterious ways yeah, it just seems like you're not really thinking through the argument or trying to see another point of view. No, it's it's blind faith. Yeah. And which is disturbing to me. Right. You know, killing in God's name. There's so many different contradictions with all religions. Right. It's just a, it's not for me. Well, that and the fact that there are so many different religions that see things yes. in very different ways. Right. And we think our religion is right because that's what we happen to be born into. Mm-hmm. So if you were born into another one, it's a different... You would see things in a different way. And in the course of human history, there has to be thousands of different religions. When you're right. starting from, you know, the tribal culture before BC and all that stuff. BC. You know, uh, you know, there were so many different religions and gods and, you know, just stuff that people made up to try to explain the unexplainable. Right. Hmm. But how could, you know, and this argument, I was, I said... What, if God is all-knowing and all-powerful, he knows that this soul, this person, is going to be eternally damned. Right. Before he even is created, why are you creating him then? Right. Oh, free will. But there, how, how, when there can't be free will. And then round and round we went. <laughs> and you've never had someone really fully be able to explain no. the free will situation no. to you? Dove tried. He probably came the closest. Really? Because Dove and I have had deep theological discussions uh, over the years. So, but it's sort of like, you know, God created the the ball and the path, you know, and, and sort of set everything up and then doesn't have control. But then, and again, then he's not all powerful, you know, whatever. I forget the exact argument that he made. Well, but do people see the, the evil as the work of the like do religious people say catholic religious catholic people 
when I say bad things happen to good people, do they see that as the work of the devil? Uh, I believe, yes. I mean, uh, I know uh, Judaism doesn't have the devil or doesn't have hell. Uh, I think the main beliefs of Judaism don't include hell and the devil. Now, but Christian uh, theology has, you know, the fallen angel and all this and Lucifer. And, but if you try to de delve deep into, you know, Satan and Lucifer, it's really confusing. There's so many different, again, so many different theories depending on who, what you're believing that, you know, in some cases, Lucifer is Satan. And then uh, in other instances, Satan is, is somebody else, a different fallen angel. Right. Like what in the whole the war in heaven? What, what are we talking about? It's very it's very muddled if you delve uh, into just trying to figure out exactly what is what, and there is no what is what because everyone has their own a la carte version of whatever they want to believe. Another one that that threw me off when I would uh, pay pay attention in church and uh, catechism. Mm -hmm. Saturday school or whatever, Sunday well, you school. Had, you did not go to Catholic school? I did not go to Catholic school. Okay, so that's why you had the catechism. Yeah, I, I had didn't catechism. Have... Um, but the, the story in the Bible, the story of Job, mm -hmm. right, which seemed to me like not all, like something that the devil would do, which would be test somebody and do terrible things mm -hmm. to them. But in that story, if I was reading it correctly, it seemed like God was also doing terrible things. Yeah, just to test the guy. To test Job and see how much faith he had in right, God, but it see, seemed like a, a uh, he was doing bad things to him, which I, again oh, yeah. I couldn't get past. Yeah, right, this guy Job, he's like faithful, loves God, the whole thing, and this guy's like, let me let me f with this guy, right? And see, it's like what what? And but the Old Testament God is a lot more of a dick than the you know the New Testament and Jesus and all. There's a lot less of that just screwing with people. Oh, really? But, so there's other stories similar to the. Uh, book of Job. Uh, well, the... you know, do you do you you know the song uh, by Bob Dylan, Highway sixty one? Okay. The first the lyric, God said to Abraham, "Kill me a son." Right. Abe say, "What? You must be putting me on." God say, "No." Abe say, "What?" And then Abe say, "Where you want this killing done?" Out on Highway sixty one. But that I was like, "Oh yeah, kill your son to prove your love." Yeah. For... What? What? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm out. It is very. It's it's interesting to. It's insanity to look at those things. Yes, but to me, it's it's just insane. Now, listen. The teachings of Jesus, peace, love, understanding. What's not to like? He's like long hair and sandals. He's like the first hippie. I'm all about the 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 tenets of Christianity: love thy neighbor and all that. But the people who get all nuts about things, they, they don't practice it really. They hate others for not believing. So again, just craziness. Yeah. And it's also amazing too, they always say like the, the wars and the killings, so many things are done in the name mm -hmm. of religion. Correct. Various religions around the world. Yes. There's a song by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, a lesser known called Cathedral, which talks about how many people have died in the name of Christ. Right. Just again, insanity. It's funny. I've heard that Bob Dylan Highway sixty one thousands of times. Mm -hmm. I would not have known those were yeah the lyrics. Yeah, I used to think of the Bruce Springsteen song uh, "Adam Raised a Cain," where the the line is uh, in the Bible. 
uh, Cain slew Abel. In East of Eden, he was passed mm-hmm. or cast. We're born into this life. We're born into this life paying for the sins of somebody else's past. That's right. And it's actually, you know, you, you blame Eve for the fall from grace. Right. And, by the way, the serpent in Genesis, in the uh, the apple story, if you will, or it's not even an apple, We just it's a fruit. Don't eat the fruit of this one tree. It's not an apple uh, tree. The apple gets a bad rap. But, but the serpent is not called or identified as Satan or Lucifer in Genesis. But, again, it's come to mean that. And, you know, and it's a serpent that was chosen because humans have an instinctual fear of serpents with good reason. Because you get bit by one, they could kill you. Just like we have an instinctual feel, feel, uh, fear of uh, saber-toothed cats or any large predator <laughs> that right. could kill you. It's sort of hardwired into your brain. Mm-hmm. I didn't know also, as you say, like so many rock songs use Bible imagery. Yes. In them. Mm-hmm. And 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 we're not even talking about the uh, the Christian rock, right? This is I'm thinking of the other Bruce Springsteen song, Pink Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Eve tempted Adam with an apple, right? But a, not really an apple. But we get the point, right? And what uh, PLJ just went Christian rock? Is that they right? did? Yes. Have you checked that out? You know, Jerry and I in the drive-in the other day, we put it on, and we were thinking, you know, it sounds like top forty music. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, I said, I wonder how long it would take me to catch on that this was. Christian rock because I'm really not great at the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially if you if the first time you're hearing, yeah, like something. I need to hear something so many times, and even years later, people still confuse. Lyrics. Yes, there's, there's websites about that, right? Or you go to look up the lyrics, you go, "Wow, I had no, I've been singing this song right. incorrectly my whole life, right, exactly. In the car. Well, I was gonna. I don't have. I'm not gonna do any any silly stories because uh, that was an interesting uh, religious discussion. No, why, no Florida man. No, I'm gonna save these. I'm gonna. I want this to sit as its own podcast. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right. And then we'll just go right into the warm up show, which Jerry was here for. He went to the Met game with Geo. Yes, he did. Can't Sounds wait. awesome, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear how long it took yeah. them to get there and to get home yeah. from there. Right. And But you th- you're thinking third inning for the two of them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Third inning, yeah. And then uh, they're going to hope for a you know fast pitching, moving it along. Or they're going to get there. And like, oh, Brody, Brody has to wait till after the game. to be. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Right. Uh, Mickey would love for you to come to the post-game press conference. <laughs> that would be great. All right, so the warm-up program is next. Jerry and I talked sports, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, you do the C's because Jerry will never do the C's. Yeah, he doesn't like to. Doesn't like the C's. See C-S. Not- so- It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry, the shortest show on WFAN. It's Thursday on the fan. Good day for the Mets. Not such a good day for the Yankees. And how about the Raptors playing a depleted Warriors team? Rolling Stones, man, what you got? Oh, hi, Jerry. And just so you know, I did watch the Met game last night. We were here yesterday. You were calling me out on not watching the game. I no, lied. I just asked the question. I, I lied at, you out. I lied at first, but I did watch Vargas. Vargas. Shut him down. He's become their most consistent and reliable starter. How about that? Do you think Mickey Calloway didn't pull Vargas because of what happened the night before with Noah Syndergaard? No, I think he didn't pull him because he wasn't giving up any hits or runs. Oh. 
and they had a lead after you got the three-run homer from uh, who hit the three-run homer? Rosario. Nothing from Ahmed Rosario to center field. It was yeah. like, all right, let's just roll with this guy. Roll him out. Yeah. It was no trouble. It was all good. And then uh, Cano who brought, uh, was back from injury but looked like he was injured. Yeah. On his run. He said he doesn't need the injured list again. Right. His he running not really great at running out balls that he hit. Right. Because he looked like he was limping. He said just he wasn't wanting to go. He wasn't gonna speed. push it. He wasn't gonna push it. Right. And now he's out. Right. And he was booed. Yes. And then Danny Echeverria played and hit a home run. Boo. Does Echeverria have more home runs than Cano at this I point? I would think so. He might. How do you say his name, Jerry? Adani Echeverria. Echeverria? Adanian? Adani. Adani. Echeverria. But you watched last night. I did. <laughs> but I had to like look how you spell this dude's name. Well, that I couldn't tell you, but I know Echeverria. how to say it. Yes. Echeverria. Uh, then this was interesting news coming out of uh, the New York Jets <laughs> that Le'Veon Bell evidently has more than one girlfriend at a time. Together. Together. Living with him, it sounds like. Right. So he has a home in Florida. In Hollywood. In Hollywood. Yeah. I'm from Hollywood. And uh, two girlfriends um, stole $500,000 worth of jewelry. Now, I'm not being a jerk. You've right. had two girlfriends at once, but like you've been. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like years back, you've oh, yeah. dated two girls at one time. Sure. But you've never had them in your apartment together at the same no, time. No, that gets very expensive for dinner, taking out you think? two girls at one time. Have any of them drinks. ever stole from you? No, I've never had anything stolen from me. Never lost diamonds or gold? No. Nope. Do you own any jewelry? No, so don't rob my house. I don't have anything. <laughs> I certainly don't have $500,000 worth of jewelry. You have $5,000 worth of jewelry? No, I have no jewelry. Nothing. What are, I, oh, no. I might know. have like a... You have like a gold chain? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I have a terrible gold chain Somewhere, from like eighth right? grade. I think I melted all mine. Oh, you took it to one of those cash I for gold st- places? Oh, because I stopped wearing jewelry. The only piece of jewelry I wear is my wedding ring. That's yeah. it. I don't wear anything. I don't like watches. I'll wear the fitness watch, but that broke, so I don't wear that anymore. I don't wear a bracelet, necklace. So years back when we moved, my wife's like, what are you doing with this stuff? Yeah, like, what are we doing? It, I'm like, no, none of it interests me. She says, I'm going to go sell it. I'm like, all right. Went and sold it. Got about a thousand bucks for it. You had a thousand bucks for melting down your jewelry? Yeah, melting down the gold. Yeah. Did you take it to one of those like kiosks in the mall? No, it was a sh- strip mall. A strip mall. In a Madeline, cash, actually. A cash for gold. Where in you a, live? In a strip mall? Yeah. Yeah, it was a jewelry store that they uh, they melted it down. One of the the big pieces that Le'Veon Bell has is a big Black Panther head. Okay. The superhero. They took that. Gone. Gone. He could always replace it. He made fifty three million dollars from the Jets. That's be true. Fine. He'd be all right. It's just five hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry, man. Half uh, a million dollars in jewelry. Athletes love jewelry. They do. Now, I guess the good thing is when they're finished playing, they can always go sell the jewelry, right? If they need to, melt and it some, down, and some do. I have this Black Panther head. I'd love to have melted down for cash in a strip mall in New Jersey. You got that, Eddie? <laughs> yeah. So he's got two girlfriends at a time. Most people have one girlfriend. This guy's got two. He's got two at a time. Would you rather have two podcasts or two girlfriends? Probably two po- podcasts. <laughs> two girlfriends would be very hard to handle. A lot less drama. A lot of drama. That is true. So I guess he's got to break up with them now, right? When you steal $500,000 worth of jewelry. I would say that relationship and ships are over. This is not for me. Mainly because you, you're stealing my jewelry. I guess he presses charges, puts them in jail. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. From girlfriends to felons. Yes. Like, you not think they good. were in cahoots? Cahoots, definitely. 
Hmm. Those two girls are in cahoots. They said, when he heads up to Jets camp, we're stealing his jewelry. You ever watch the show on, was it TLC, with a guy that's got three wives in Utah? Yeah. How do you handle that? They're very big on uh, the TLC channel. is very big on shows with multiple wives and partners. Yeah, that seems difficult to me. Polygamy, they call that. Did you do that? I would not, no. You think you could? No. I can't handle one girl. <laughs> You've handled her fine. Imagine it's like the f- two years now, isn't it? Imagine the f- for me. Yeah. Oh, three um, years, four years, five years, four years, four years. That's right. And you're still living alone all week. God bless. What you. are you talking about? You live alone all week. During the week, I have a very yes. rough schedule. And then you have a vacation weekend. Not true. What do you mean? Now you sound like Gina. Where are you during the weekends? Uh, weekends, I go down to the Jer- Jersey Shore, Jerry, where I fist pump. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you do no such. You take boring strolls on the boardwalk That's and you right. ride a bike. You're not in the club. All right. <laughs> Jerry, you mentioned earlier this um, Kawhi Leonard, Leonard game. This, uh, uh, the Raptors. Kawhi Leonard game? Yes, the NBA Finals, Al. <laughs> Raptors uh, in Oakland for Golden State. Yeah. Oh, the ball's on this fan. So uh, Kyle Lowry goes into the stands, right, Jerry? For uh, to try to like uh, save a ball from going out of bounds, he was diving for balls. Yes, diving for balls, and he lands into the front row or the first couple rows, and this middle-aged fella shoves him. Now, if I'm Kyle Lowry, I'd be malice at the palace on this guy, but he handled kept his cool, handled it properly. The guy got ejected, right? Yeah, the guy got ejected. Think about how much he spent on those tickets. Imagine you're a 58-year-old man getting ejected at an NBA game for shoving a player. Yes, I could. I, what yes. jackass. Yes, I could imagine, sadly. People are crazy. Yeah, shoved them. Yeah. Get out. Man, now, was, if you're with him, yeah. I didn't see who he's with. Do they go with him? <laughs> That's a great question. Or do they say, dude, see ya. Yeah. And if he bought the tickets, now he's just standing outside the building waiting for the game to end? Right, like... If he bought the tickets, do you have to go with him? I like, don't know. Not that the they would force you out, but they is could, it the right thing they to do? They could force him out. Though. I don't know right. the answer to that. Both of you is out of here. And think about, again, those tickets had to have cost, I don't know, but yeah. thousands of dollars. What a waste. That guy probably has children. It's like, did think. Dad just shove Kyle Lowry? Maybe they're proud of Dad because he's going to be on every news feed today. Yeah, but that's a bad thing to be on the news feed I thought for. there's no such thing as bad publicity, Al. Right after I got done watching the Ron Artest uh, documentary on Showtime, Malice at the Palace did and all that stuff. It? I did. I loved it. It was really well done. Did you learn anything about Ron Artest you didn't learn when he was sitting here? Uh, yes. I had completely forgotten that when he was playing with the Bulls, he also took a part-time job at Circuit City. I'd forgotten about that. We covered that. We did? Yes. I'm going to start listening to these interviews. I asked him about that. (laughs) When was this? Was I in that day? You you were in that day. I I asked him about The whole idea was he didn't think his career would last, and so he went and got himself a part-time job. It was great. All the uh, players on the Bulls were like, it was awesome. We were getting discounts on DVD players. Great. You're funny. What about this, Jerry? Protective netting at NBA games to save the players from falling into I asked, this. It's funny. I asked Ron Artest about that, too. About a netting in front if, of them? Not about netting, but should the fans be right on top no. of the court or should they be five, six rows back Yes, and you put the media in front or something? Right. But there's got to be some sort of a divide between the fan. They can't be, At least in a hockey game, you've got the glass. Yes. And they can pound on the glass and act like asses but if they want. They can't want. shove you. That's fine. Right. But there's no physical contact. 
I think something should be done like that with the NBA. I don't know what it would be, aside from just moving him back a few rows, but something should be done. So you want to put the media there. So Kyle I mean, Lowry to thought will fall into Marv Albert. Yes. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Do I have time for one for more Kevin story? Kevin right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got time one more. All Great. right. The Yankees double-A team. I want to see what you're a baseball guy. What do oh, you think the, of this? Oh, the bunt to break up the no-hitter two yeah, nights the, ago? Yeah, the, that was two nights ago? <laughs> Boy, the news is getting to be so slow. Yes, this, I had it for yesterday. I you just did. never got to it. Yes, he bunted with in the ninth inning with one out. A dude I on the Yankee double-A team. Yeah, I don't have an issue with it because it was a 3 nothing game, was it not? They were being no-hit, the Yankees. I, forget that. Wasn't the score 3 nothing? I believe so, yes. Game's not over. I right. don't. Here's the thing. Field the month, throw them out. Right. We're trying to get a rally going. No, now, if it's 7 nothing, that's a douchey move. 3 nothing, still a game. 3 nothing. you're still in the game. Yes. You get a bunt hit. All of a sudden, you throw off their mojo. You get another hit. Tying know. runs at the plate. What do they call it? They needed a bloop and a blast. Game's tied. Did they actually fight or just the benches no, cleared and the it was end of the game, stare downs? The, the crowd was angry. Makes sense. And then after the game, they just kind of came out. But I don't think any punches were thrown or nothing like that. But I did see that, yes. Double A? Double A baseball. What what level is just before Major League Baseball? Triple A. Triple A. So these guys were worse. You, you knew that. No, I wasn't sure if it was opposite. I didn't know if Triple A then Double A and Single A and then the jump to the majors. <laughs> well, that sounds silly. I think now we'll that just you take a that. break. Yes, let's take a break. When we come back, Boomer and Geo will join us next on the Fan. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. All right, we got a couple more minutes. Last night, the Mets did win. Vargas actually pitched really well. Yankees lost, and the Warriors lost to the Raptors. What else you got? Quick update. Uh, Yesterday, Boomer had told this story about how he never went number two in a public restroom except for once in Acapulco. Right. He had asked me to reach out to Dan Marino, who could confirm the story. Yeah. Dan Marino did text me back after the program. And confirm the story. And confirm the story. And then yesterday we get a Paul Pierce story as to why he needed a wheelchair during the 2008 finals. He looked like he was holding his knee, holding his leg, and they wheelchaired him to the uh, locker room. Oh, I don't like where this is going. And then he came back from the uh, locker room. No wheelchair, running back on the court, back in the game. He finally revealed that he had to do a number two. He had to. Yeah. He was having intestinal issues. It wasn't like wheelchaired something out. slipped out and no. he had issues and didn't no. want to be embarrassed. Okay. No. But he needed a wheelchair. I always wonder court. when that happens, like for these athletes. They play so many games, yeah. so many hours. Now, baseball, in between innings, you can go and escape. Right. You can't in a football game without being noticed. You can't in a hockey game without being noticed that you're going into the locker room. I right. guess shift changes, I guess you could sneak in. And in a basketball game, you can't go anywhere except for halftime. I thought your body shut down when you were being physical and it wouldn't allow well, clearly poop emoji. Did. 